A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Herb Dean. If you like MMA, and if you like to laugh, check out the One Punch Podcast at BT Sport. This is Bruce Buffer. Tune in to the One Punch Pod on BT Sport. So welcome back. This is the One Punch Pod here on BT Sport. Me, Brian Lacey, alongside Brad One Punch Pickett. Maybe a career as Bruce Buffer. Well, yeah. We'll do after that. So welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we've got lots to talk about on the show. Before we do that, before we break down exactly where we've got to go in, it was nice to spend the weekend with uh, you, mate, out in nice Russia. Ro- nice romantic weekend in Moscow. Yes, yeah, out, very nice, out in yeah. Russia. That was fun, wasn't it? That was, uh, that we, so we went for a, a walk down the, around the Red Square. There and went, a lovely Indian yeah, restaurant. Yeah, Indian restaurant in the meal, hotel. So yeah. we set up and had that after the show with a few jokes going on as well. You got me, didn't you? You're oh. in my, uh, luckily, I had a towel on me when you came and made me jump in, in the in the bathroom oh, with yeah. one of your uh, your standard scares and then you got me back pretty good yeah do you want to explain what happened when uh, when you phoned me at quarter past 12 and your flight was at four o'clock do you want to, do you want to just explain how well, scared you were <laughs> this is a man who enters the cage for them who goes and spars with young lions up at team titan it was quite because we are obviously well, during one of the days just trying to paint the picture first right let's all paint right the paint right. the picture set so, the scene so as it were. I was walking around russia and i was like yes it's beautiful when red square be- beautiful place nice and nice weather as well beautiful but i just kind of like looking at it and like all the writing is in Russian. It's funny that, isn't it, mate? Really weird. (laughs) How weird is that? Do you know what? I went to Sweden and guess what the writing was? In Swedish, yeah, but yeah, the Swedish on, letters are the same. All right, okay, I yeah. get you. So the so alphabet like, in Germany yeah, is different. Yeah. So, so. Like, so if I was in Japan and you see Japanese writing, it's different, right? Yeah, yeah. So the same Russian writing is different to the English one. So you, you can't even like read something that makes sense. So I had no clue. So I was like... In this day and age, if I didn't have my phone on me... But even in Russia, you didn't have a signal, really, did no. you? No. Yeah. I'd be done. I mean, I, I'm in like... I'll be lost. I'll be. I, I literally. There'll be like signs. My kid, my like, buddy, would be walking around with. Have you seen my daddy? Look, I would not. I wouldn't. I didn't think I would be. Like, oh. I don't think he'd do it for that long. But he'd, he'd probably do it for at least a day or two. I reckon. But yeah. So uh, with that, with that, that in. Uh, bear that in mind. That I'm like, this is not an easy place to get get around if you yeah. don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we had a four o'clock flight on the on the Sunday sun, night, the Sunday, Sunday evening, Sunday yeah. evening. I woke up like I always do, nice and early, uh, about you know nine o'clock and stuff. You know, uh, I know my wife listens to this, so I, I had a real nice laying, Sarah. <laughs> you know, I had no kids around waking me up. It was beautiful. I was just relishing in the the time, the freedom. I was of, in uh, the of essence. No oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. wasn't paying any attention. Just playing probably Clash of Clans and flicking between Clash of Clans and Clash Royale, <laughs> the back to Clash of Clans, and just look at some uh, you know five footage, whatever like that. And then I'm like, someone knocks on the door. He goes, "What time did you check out?" And I went, "I don't know. I have no clue." And I'm like, "What time is it now?" And the guy goes, "Oh, it's one, one o'clock." And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, I should be checking about now." And then I think, "Oh, it's one o'clock. My flight's at four. What am I doing?" So I give you the call. <laughs> I'm like, Brian, where um, are you? No, I'm in the lobby right now. So I'm just uh, like waiting because I'm waiting. I've got my bags there and all set and ready. Because we'd had this talk the night before about what time we'll meet in the lobby and that. And then uh, the phone rang and you were like, hello, mate. Where are you? And I went, I'm in a taxi. 
<laughs> and I have never in my life heard a fully grown man with as much panic in his voice. I, I instantly started sweating. I'm like, oh my God, I am done. You know, like, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I can no hear con- it down the phone. Oh, like, oh, mate, mate, what am I oh going to do? Oh, my no, God. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, and- it, it, I think it was far enough to process that, oh my God, I'm going to kill you, Brian. <laughs> how, how did you not send me a message say, where are you? And like that. But then I think to myself, why should you? I'm a fully grown adult. You know, <laughs> why do you need to allow another man to get me out of bed? But you hadn't. You, oh, you, it was me and my brother listening to that. I put it on speakerphone as well, and we, we we were laughing at that for, for a good I, I twenty fla- minutes, mate. I was flapping. Good twenty minutes. So there we go. That that was our trip to Russia. What a beautiful time we had. But we also got to enjoy some of uh, the MMA action, the UFC action that happened uh, this week. So I'll tell you what's on the show this week. We're going to have a little look at UFC Fort Lauderdale. We'll break down some of those fights. We've got two interviews for you to enjoy. We've got the bedroom himself, uh, the Scottish phenom, Mr. Paul Craig, and then also. UK MMA legend Mr. Dan Hardy will be joining us. On top of that, we'll break down a quick a quick look at UFC Fight Night 151, just the main event, Ally Quinta versus Cowboy Cerrone. And then we've got a couple of listener questions as well, mate. So you all set? You ready? Um, let's go. So Fire away. I said last week, mate, I predicted this. UFC Fort Lauderdale is the sleeper card. No promo around it. No real buzz. No hype. Yet how they picked Fight of the Night out of that card, that must have been a tough discussion because... There was banger after banger after banger, and it was uh, for, for I just I thought it was a really good night of quality fights. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I didn't catch up on to the fights. Like, obviously, they go back, so I watched some of them Sunday night and and a few this morning. And yeah, I was highly impressed, you know, with the fights. I actually I still haven't caught up on the undercard. Uh, I will watch that, but I watched the main card and like. For me, even some new names that I didn't know much about. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this guy's good. You know, like, yeah, so... Yeah, it's definitely ones to look out for. Yeah, what well matched fights and uh, and also a late replacement that that sort of stole the show at the end, Mr. Jack Hermanson taking on Jacare Souza. Now that's a tough fight to step into, isn't it? On short notice to go up against Souza, who'd been promised a title shot, supposed to be fighting Yo Romero, very dangerous fighter, has been in there with the, the likes of Weidman, Gastelum, all these top level. Hermanson said that he's only ever lost to the best of the best. So for Hermanson to step in there and do what he did by the end of the fight, four hundred and 60 total strikes he threw. To yeah, but this. half of those were only in that one round was in, gra- in the ground with bound position. And like, <laughs> like he said, he, he, he going into the fight, he believed that he had the best ground and pound in uh, in MMA, you know. And uh, yeah, arguably so after this. When you, when you can sit in a, a high-level um, black belt Jackarai and do that, it was very impressive. But I would say... For me, Jackaray is one of the highest levels of um, grappling within the UFC, but he's he is a top player. You know, he's not really off great off his. Well, he obviously, he's a great guy, but I don't think his forte is actually being on his back. But I, like I say, I was really impressed with the volume that um, Jack and Mason were going to put out. There's a few times uh, where Jackaray did hit him going rock, but it was in the first round we saw Jack and Manson actually catch uh Jackarai made him hurt um Jackarai actually went in for a shot and he went for his straight, straight in arm and guillotine and that looks so tight you yeah know? but obviously with the experience of someone like Jackarai he knew exactly what he did taking your back flat to the mat and he, he managed to get out of that but straight away that set like the tone for that fight that and also I thought he was going to fade at some point and and especially being his first five round fight, uh, I believe he won the first round pretty comfortably. Second round, yes, yeah. he, he won that as well. And it was that third, third round, round was like, oh, yeah, well, oh, this maybe is, he's gone, maybe he's gone because you think this is the next half of yeah. the fight. So if Jackarai wins the third round, he's going to go win the fourth and fifth. Yeah, and the sure. Fight. Yeah, it had the as the momentum change, and he hundred percent did in that third round. And I was like, oh, but it was kind of like you feel like he took a round off. Because then in the fourth round, he looked fresh as a daisy, straight back to the game plan. And he was on, what I found was really impressive. It, it was his slot, shot selection was yeah. really good. It wasn't just like, well, I, I think Jack always throwing power shots too much, singles, where it was a volume and just tick, 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 yeah. tick. And he started getting his range in with uh, a good uppercut. And yet again, I think he heard Jack Roy towards the end of maybe the fifth round or something like that. But yeah, I was 
super impressed by uh, Hermanson. And you got to look at the stats as far as super impressed. 460 total strikes, three takedowns against Souza, who hadn't been taken. That's the second time he's ever been taken down in the last 13 fights. Because you but, don't want to take someone down. No, no, could, no I yeah. get that, but, but it, it, people that had attempted, yeah. but only one, but only Chris Weidman had taken Souza okay. down once in that, and he only took him down once. Hermanson managed three takedowns. On top of that, he showed us some good striking. He, he's sort of. Um, that he's used exactly what this is, this opportunity it's to make the most. He was fearless. I yeah. mean, he had nothing to lose. I can't, I can't, in fighters, there's a lot, always skills won. But sometimes it's that little bit of swagger, a little bit of uh, confidence, self-belief yeah. that some fighters develop through winning. And, like, obviously, he was going on the free fight winning streak. Great submission win versus uh, David Through Branch. Branch yeah. You know, so, like, he was on a high. And, like, he's just come off high. It was a first-round finish. He's full of confidence, and when you're full of confidence, you know that you know you could do that. I'm not saying that Jackarai may have took him lightly, but obviously Jackarai is the guy with the target on his back, and Manson's that guy looking up at that. And uh, I was really impressed with Jack Manson. Uh, and in this division as well, the middleweight division needs new names as well, doesn't it? Yeah. You think? You think? Look at the it's, top in the mix. It's all the same. It's just it's just the, the general monster that we have of MMA. New guys are going to, you know, where's Israel Adesanya? Where was he a couple of, even a year ago? Yeah, where year was ago. he? Yeah, now you yeah. don't even know who he was, but now he's that's just what this sport's all about. It's that churning machine that's going to bring in new talent all the time. Uh, and he took this on short notes and he made a point of saying this in his post fight interview. He said, Look, I've done the UFC a favor, I've saved the show. Now I want a reward. I he want I want the person yeah. who's going to get me. Yeah, headline Copenhagen, and I want the person who's going to uh, get me closer to that title shot. Yeah. And uh, you, I love the phrase, the way he talked about. I'm obsessed with that title. Does the UFC owe him in that respect? And and surely with somebody from that region, he's just made it a very easy main event or part of a main event for for oh, for Copenhagen. Yeah, obviously as a matchmaker, you, if you phone someone up and say, "Give me a lot." Someone's just pulled out. Can you do me a favor and fight? You say yes yeah, straight away. You just getting brownie points, you know, because it's like you actually are helping them out, yeah. You know? And then also they're going to do a, a performance like not saying the UFC owe him anything, but they're definitely going to lean in his way. Where other fighters out there, like say someone like uh, Tyron Woodley, who kind of like always kind of whines about the UFC at times like that. Yeah. You're not gonna go as far for him and do as much things for him. But someone like 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 you say like Manson has done them a fa- course, you know. And I, I I believe that you know if he wants to go back, if they're going back, I think they're going back to Copenhagen yep. uh, later in the October, year. October, I think. Yeah, if they are, it makes sense for not just for him but f- for the organization, you know, just for, for someone uh, in, in that region, you know. Uh, he, he, I think he's Swedish, but he trains in Nor in Norway. Flat, I think it's, like Canada, I, th- Norway. I think that's the right way, or it might be the other way. But I'm not. But yeah, he, he has the two flags with it as yeah. his banner. So uh, yeah, I think he's he is Swedish and he trains in Norway. Okay, and uh, and as well, just mentioning that for European MMA, it's great to have somebody in that mix again. Another another uh, uh, European fighter that's close to a to a title. Yes. Uh, then let's look at the the fight under that. Somehow this is co-main event. So Greg Hardy. The heavyweight who was in his came through the contender series controversy about uh, and I'll I'll wrap this in alleged even though there is stuff around it um, domestic violence uh, charges first fight in the in the actual UFC and on the UFC card uh, gases he even said yeah I gassed in the bit where they vaselineed me up I was out of breath before I even got in the cage then that enter that fight in the disqualification somehow gets the the co-main event which is a bit crazy to think about and then what's even crazier is the fact that he fought somebody who didn't want to be there <laughs> dimitri uh what's yeah, this uh, solomonov uh, there isn't going to be massacre someone's name but it's dimitri smolanakov small ayakov there okay, you go yeah, there you, you go i'm, used to, I'm used to the russian names mate and also what i will be posting later on if you want to enjoy this is brad's attempt at practicing some russian <laughs> But that was just a weird fight, wasn't it? Yeah, he got a victory, and um, listen, we, 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 everybody seems to be mentioning the history with the alleged domestic abuse, all this sort of yeah. stuff. But I, I'm, for me, a redemption story is great, and martial arts is about that. But, it, but you want to be honest on my vote yeah. with this? I don't know too much about the background. I'm just looking at him as he is now. Okay. You know what I mean, so yeah, which probably what as what he would want to do is trying to when he's attracting new fans just. Control what what's in the future. Yeah, yeah. What I am. Yeah. Well, the past is the past. You know, exactly. Right? You can't yeah. never change it. Obviously, 
you have to want to try and move forward, which he's trying to do, you know. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, in my eyes, he did not have an opponent worthy to be in there. Not as a co-main event. No, it's a crazy no, co-main. Even, to be in there, uh, I believe uh, Dimitri Malokis record, he fought in the UFC twice before, lost twice, went, went away, away, won a few fights. Now he came back. Throw a punch, mate. You know, yeah. like... You know, he didn't look like he wanted to fight. Yes, these two have been training partners before. Uh, so I don't know if like some like gym beatings have gone down anywhere or was scared or something like that. But it was just, he just got to like go out on your shield or something. Yeah. He, he just cowered away from the fight. When he went to the floor, nothing really significant really looked like he was hitting. And he just didn't fight back. So I think I heard a little bit from Dana White. He wasn't, he ain't going to be happy, you know? No. Nope. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. So. Let's move on. <laughs> so let's move on to what was given the fight of the night. Uh, let's see. Um, Mike Perry versus the second cowboy he's faced, Cowboy Oliveira. What a fight. Crazy. What a fight. Crazy. Listen, put them fights. on every UFC yeah. card yeah, for, forever until yeah. the UFC is done. Uh, with Platinum Perry, he's one of those guys. Yeah, again, like, he's just fun. You know, like... Just, box office. This is what yeah, I say. Yeah, it's yeah, box yeah. office because his contract. You love him. He's Marmite. You love him yeah. while you hate him. But he's one of those characters. If you're playing the UFC game, you go. I'm going to give Mike Perry a go and yeah, try, yeah. try and bash up no, John Jones it's, or something. It's just but, fun. As like two fighters, you see how some fighters go and they're so like pumped up, staring at opponents and all that stuff. That as one later on we'll talk about in a minute. But yeah. but, but in this one, you saw them. That little dance off. Well, this, yeah, that, how cool was that? It's brilliant. What a moment yeah. is that? And, and like Cowboy Oliveira's got some hips on yeah. him. And uh, I think Mike Perry needs a few dancing lessons, but he got no, the well, crowd I was, I was going, mate. I was actually impressed. He actually thought <laughs> it was pretty good, some of his moves. You know? Don't know what standards you're setting, but for a fighter, you know, I thought it wasn't bad. You know? uh, and, and with regards to the fight as well, I mean, both have got exciting styles. Cowboy yeah. Oliveira seemed to have the strength of them to start with. and it Threw him around a little bit. Threw yeah. him around. Yeah, 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 that's it. And then, um, uh, and Cowboy had made this statement before because he, he's got the name Cowboy. He actually bull rides and does all that stuff uh, and he said he's facing the bull he knows that but he actually switched a little bit I felt that Mike, Mike Perry became the matador and uh, and Cowboy was chasing it and back and forth in that first round both caused each other damage uh, Mike Perry with the, the cut under his eye very early on but just excitement from yeah, start to finish Cowboy started off very, very strong uh, you know, uh, and then he he faded a little bit you know yeah I, I just love I kind of what, like watching Perry fight the way, way he just he makes it a fight. He, he, There's yeah, no way it's, it's just, not going to be a banger. Just, That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, this is this potentially is my favourite bit of cornering I have ever seen in the okay. UFC. Is this was after the second round? So Cowboy Oliveira threw a kick. Mike Perry checked it. Yeah. Cowboy dislocated his toe. Now, as soon as they got back, he could see he was in pain. You could see the toe pointing straight up. I wouldn't say pain. I, it was more like what was going on with my toe. You feel something like that. My toe feels weird. Yeah, yeah. So the, the toe's pointing straight up now. If they came in and the doctor had did anything to do with that, so I've seen it before as yep. dislocated, and if the fighter pops it back and you can carry on, but if a doctor comes in and, and checks it or adjusts it, the fight stops because the doctor's intervened, all yep. right? So what the corner did was sitting down, not just sitting down, they shielded, they saw the problem, they hid it, even the camera was struggling to get an angle, and he just put it down, popped it straight back in, and then just carried on talking. Yep. And I thought that was quality cornering. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, a dislocation... It doesn't really, I'll say, like, I wouldn't say it hurts as such, especially when you're in a fight when your adrenaline is pumping. You you don't feel a lot of injuries. Like, I will always say this, like, you feel it the next day. The same with that. It's like, he, I mean, when you said he was hurt, he wasn't hurt. He, he could feel the weirdness of his toe hanging out to the side. And it was like, oh, that's weird. So you feel that, but it wouldn't say it hurt. The adrenaline just, yeah, pop it back in. And yeah, I'm having a Get fight. on with it. Yeah, yeah, get on with it, you know. Now, my other my other two toe injuries that I want to reminisce on a little bit. John Jones, yeah, uh, that's Dominic the, that's the one, one I know the most. That, so John Jones was against Chelsea and he was on the ground pushing with his feet and he actually tore too his... Too much grip. Too much grip and tore his big toe. So that's when yeah. he was being talking to Joe Rogan. They looked down and realised that he'd torn, basically nearly torn his toe off. The other one, which I, I also... I remember Uriah Hall. Do you remember his fight where he compound fractured his toe? Do you remember that? No. Let's no. Uh, Uriah Hall. Do you, and this, well, so so was uh, um, John, jo John Jones's compound. Yeah, jo John Jones's compound. But this one, Uriah Hall, they uh, compound fractured. I think they managed to cover it, so they popped the bone back in. But you could see, uh, and he carried. I think he fought one or maybe even two rounds with that, and still won the fight. But those are two horrific toe injuries for Oliveira to join. So there's the top three toe injuries in the UFC, mate. Nice. There you go. Nice. Um, fight of the night definitely deserved that. 
Yeah, agree. 100%. Yeah. Um, Mike Perry then calls out Darren Till. Got to make that makes fight. Makes sense. Make yeah, that fight. It, it makes sense. It makes sense. Because they, they had a little bit of beef in Poland. Do you yeah. remember that when Darren yeah. Till fought? Jumped on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then do you also remember they've actually sparred together? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah Go on, tell them. Really tell them. Tell them what happened. When, uh, when, <laughs> what was it? It was like, Perry said to him, hey, do, you, do you fancy a spar? Uh, and, and Darren Till thought you meant we're going to go get a massage massage <laughs> steam room sauna relax yeah. so if you know what, if people don't know what we'll be talking about go on go on to YouTube it's on YouTube 100% yeah. it'll be in there it's one of the funniest yeah, when when you saw that the penny dropped where he goes oh you want to spar you know, yeah. like, oh, okay cool yeah let me go get some gloves or something. but this is the thing when you say go get some gloves so they went to spar and do you know this this bit of detail about it as well so Mike Perry had MMA gloves yeah Darren Till had boxing gloves. Yeah. And so they could. one each. They had one each. Oh, that, I didn't know that. They had one, one each. One so each. they went, well, I've forgotten his name. Art Jiminy. There you go. The, the yeah. UFC fighter, the, 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 the UFC one who fought with a boxing glove. So they had one boxing glove and they had one MMA glove. They didn't even have a gum shield, I don't think. And then they banged it out for 20 minutes in, in there. I would love to watch that. <laughs> That's box yeah. office, isn't 100%. it? 100%. Pay per view. So that was that superb performance there. Uh, you're talking about um, people being aggressive. So we had the dancing in, in uh, the prep and uh, a war that followed that. Uh, a lot of respect between the two. And then we had uh, Ewan Kutalaba. Uh, taken on Glover to share. And now Ewan to Kutalaba at the weigh-ins usually covers himself in green. The Hulk, that's his nickname, intimidating beast of, of a man from Moldova. Um, this time stepped onto the scales, tore up a, a picture of Glover to share. And then as he was being announced by Bruce Buffer, marched across the cage with the cutthroat sign into Shera's face. And you, you didn't, you didn't like that, did you? Yeah, man. There's a showmanship, but there's yeah. respect as well, yeah, right? There was zero lack of respect on that. We always go on about the sport, how fighters respect each other and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm, mate, I just it really, really got on the wrong side of me that did. I was like <laughs> so pleased that like, the old school Glover to Because, like, when I look at the fight before, it, it, on paper, it looks really good. Both got really good uh, boxing. Glover's got crazy good boxing. And, and and within the fight as well, he, he started off. You see that Glover was really worried about about, about the power. power. Yeah. It, then, then he was trying. To, he was trying to go for a few takedowns. You can see it. And, and Kutalab was doing so good with stuffing the takedowns. And I'm thinking, oh my god, now where's Glover going to go from here? Because like the power on the feet can't get him down. And you just saw, oh my god, this may go just one way. And then saw the experience of Glover like. Nah, okay, sorry, I, I can't get you down. Let me just bite down on my mouthpiece a bit. And he threw some shots. Yeah. And he actually put uh, Kutalaba on the back foot a little bit. It's like, you can't buy experience. Yeah. And Glover, the, I don't know how many fights he's had, probably nearly 40 fights. Yeah, like, that, for me, that that's experience for you. Learning when it's just weather, a bit of storm, this young guy is trying to knock you out. Then he didn't get the takedown. This is the best bit. So he didn't get one of his takedowns. But I just fell over. I think, <laughs> I, was it through a kick and slipped? No, uh, that's, I'm not exactly sure what happened, but basically he just fell. But Guffer almost back. pushed him and he fell onto his back. And like, and then but the thing is, he fell down and he kind of just laid down and it was like a split second. And Glover's like, oh, oh, door's got, open. I'm door, going in. To, and then literally, what I would probably say out of all this, the most surprising thing for me was how little ground Kutalab had. At this level of fighting, yeah, because he had good, great striking, yeah, great takedown defense, defense, yeah. But when you're on the floor, mate, I mean, what's going? What are you doing? Is it, yeah. There was zero attempts to, uh, yeah, to replace regain. his yeah. guard. That it, it literally was. It was like literally as if it was like a novice on on the floor, you know. And uh, yeah, and, uh, and then obviously with uh, uh, Glover winning that fight, I was, obviously I'm like, yeah. My rear naked toe yeah, turned yeah. him over and got the tap quick yeah. as well. So that was yeah. I was I was chuffed with that one. Um, Lineker, we'll only have a quick word about this because we got we got some uh, interviews to to get on with. But John Lineker versus Corey Sandhagen. Didn't know much about Corey Sandhagen, but I tell you no. what, I am tuning into every one yeah. of his fights. What and I, this is what I, I could tell. Dominic Cruz was really impressed with him. Yeah. Really impressed. Now it was a close fight, split decision. I think it went the right way, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but you could tell Cruz was impressed with him, not just with what he was doing during the uh, when they were engaging but it was the bits in between it was the movement it was the feints it was the different looks he showed in each round and that that for me says that is a fighter that that can go a long way in that especially in that bantamweight division De definitely isn't it it's what I call fighting IQ he, he had a lot 
way a lot more tools to that fight you know like gave gave link a lot of different look Lineker has one look and oh my god that look is oh, so dangerous body body so head Boom. oh my god yeah and you got always got to respect that one look but that's what he's got you know if you have an answer to that which uh, uh um Curry had you know it was, it was beautiful to watch you know like this the movement I, and uh, i actually gave him all the rounds i think i think the first round was a lot closer but i actually think i gave him all the rounds just for the output and, and he wasn't trying to knock him out he, he was and it's very rarely do i ever really appreciate the guy on the back foot yeah you know, I normally always appreciate the guy going forward, especially someone like Linick. I love that sort so of style. So exciting. But yeah, I, was, I, mean, I was really impressed by, by, by Corey. And do you know what I was impressed with at the end? When he got rocked pretty hard a little yeah. bit, got put into a guillotine from hell. <laughs> blood hey, coming out of yeah, his nose yeah, as he, he squeezed. Squeezed, squeezed oh. so hard. You saw the oh. blood spur out his nose. Stop yeah. it, I'm going to have a lie yeah. down. Yeah, oh. but then he, he, he survived that, yeah. And like, you see stars be born you know yeah and i think I, that was that, it that, and that's when i first first saw it and, and you like you said going back to what you said um i saw a lot of you see influences you know and, and you see a lot of influence in these style is like the dominic cruz that source he switched stars a little lot little fake group right here where he got a few good, good takedowns yeah and stuff like that as well and uh yeah, you know, I was very impressed with him. Very impressed indeed. So John Lineker almost got the last-minute finish there against uh, Corey Sanhagen. Let's talk to a man who is the king of last-minute finishes. So we have got uh, an exciting interview. Great to be speaking to Mr. Paul Craig. So here we are. Great to be joined by the bedroom himself, Mr. Paul Craig. Welcome, mate. How are you? Good. Feels like just yesterday we were in each other's arms. Two staring in each other's eyes like... Long lost, long, long lost lovers. <laughs> should, I, should I leave you? Should, do you want me to leave the room? Yeah, Brian? go on, brother. If you could leave a while, this this usually we do this call a little bit later, but that's that's fine. Look, I thought this is a private call, just me and you. Well, yeah, I always put you on speakerphone, mate. I've got to get value for money out of this. Uh, so, look, we were out in Russia for a little while. You were out there with Mark Corey, Mark Godbeer for, for his fight. Now, uh, what was your first taste of Russia like? Beautiful place. What's the deal with nobody like a mustache? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the southern Russian look, the Dagestan Chechen look. They, uh... you know, it was a really cool place. Um, thanks for tremendous as well. You obviously the best seat in the house. Best seat in the house, mate. Best seat in the house. And uh, so after after the after the fights, you you went to a, to a bar. Do you want to tell us what the name of of the bar was? The Meat Puppet. <laughs> the Meat Puppet. Right now, I let anyone draw their own conclusions as to where the Scottish Hit Squad like to spend their uh, their evenings after a fight. But the the Meat Puppet. That's a strange name for a bar, mate. Descri- describe it to us. Describe the ambiance for us. Um, sweaty guys just listening to each other, listening to the music. And that's smooth fighting now. Uh, You've, your last performance against, uh, I'm going to try and say his name, Kennedy Zedchukwu, uh, another finish right at the end of the, the fight. Then you've got this one, you, and this is the one you told me you can d- dine out for the rest of your life on, the Magomed Ankalaev, the, the last second submission going there. Now, this has got to be the most annoying question. Why don't you just do it a bit earlier, mate? <laughs> that is the question. Everybody says, like, and my mum and dad are the same. Why didn't you do that in the first place? <laughs> I'm like, do you think I was trying that? Do you think I really wanted to get... Get beat up for 15 minutes and just kind of pull out the holy submission. Is that one of those like, fooled you? You know, like, yeah. you thought I was going to get beat, but now I got you this time. <laughs> That's pretty much it. I almost had me there, but I just caught you. But um, it's the style of fighting that I do. I'm constantly active, so I'm like, I'm not going for submissions and I'm, I'm, I'm flying shots. So it takes a lot of your energy out of you. And then um, what I hope it does to my opponent is it does the same. And then when they make a mistake at the end, it, I capitalise on it because I've, I've still got a bit in the gas tank for the old triangles. Yeah, I would say I'm like really crazily impressed by by, by like what I'd say is like your strength of character. Like to like say when you are getting beat to stay tuned onto your technique and your path to, uh, to finish. You know, sometimes like it, I always say it's so way harder to win a fight when you're losing a fight than it is when you're winning a fight, you're fighting. It's good. Yeah. To, to turn things around shows a lot of strength and character, you know. So uh, I'll give you a lot of credit for that. Yeah, you can't teach heart. That's like, no. you've, you've, you've fought yourself, you've seen guys come in your gym. When somebody's got heart, they can go all day, man. It doesn't matter yeah. how, how much you're bleaching the tape. Uh, uh, absolutely. And this guy, Alonzo Menfield, who's your next fight, do you know much about him? What's your your take on him now you've, now you've signed to fight him? He, 
came from the contender series, as my last three opponents have, and it's a very, very good program to get guys who are on the edge into the world of UFC. He's very athletic, but you know my plan's going to be, my plan's going to be a rush him, take him down, and um, submit him. The joy about the grappling is that it opens up the, my striking because he's so worried about this takedown. And that was the same with Kennedy. Kennedy started worrying about these takedowns and then wasn't flinging. And I think it's going to be the exact same thing. Very powerful. Is he as powerful as Khalil Roundtree? I don't think so. Is he as skilled as Jim Crute? I don't think so. So I think it's a, it's a very, very favourable fight and that's why we accepted it. Because we were just coming off that win. We planned on getting back out in October time. And the UFC came and offered us this fight. We're like, yes, we'll take that. Thank you. That's superb. It's superb to see you so active as well. And you said one of the things you've changed, uh, and there's a trap that fighters can fall into when they sign, sign for the the big show for the UFC. They start looking at changing things because they feel they almost have to if they're going to go uh, and perform on this big stage. But you you did that for a bit, and then you've stepped back to go back to your roots. Is that right? Yep. We had um, um I had went from a full time school teacher to being a part school teacher to being a full time fighter. And I just had all this spare time in my hands, and you're like, oh, I must have to train because I've got this time. And it's not the way we should have done it. And what was happening was I wasn't able to push hard enough in training sessions because I was constantly fatigued. So I was never ever peaking. And it was the same for lifting weights or going runs. I wasn't going my 100%. And we changed that. So I had my first fight in the UFC, and then my second fight, I changed everything up, and it, it wasn't the right formula changed it back to what it was because a lot of people have done that as you say I got to the FCV grappling that's what got me I'm a, I'm a jiu-jitsu fighter fighting MMA um, so we're back to our basics and then started improving in our conditioning to complement that working with the guys at the UFC PI is absolutely tremendous both sides of all great coach uh, improving nutrition as well all the guys in here are brilliant it's just adding wee strength to your body make it that wee bit better it's uh, it's so impressive as well, and the fact that you, like you said, you are a jiu-jitsu fighter that now fights MMA. Just the style in which you, you took on Kennedy in particular, uh, and the finish that was stunning. The fact that you went for the same setup twice and caught him on the second time for for the actual finish uh, really shows the level of of your ground game. And also, what what I think it will be doing as well, especially with you as as high profile Scottish fighter, you're going to be now a role model and inspiring young fighters in Scotland. And have you felt a difference since you've been? Uh, part of the UFC in 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 the I mean the, in the um, I suppose the interest and also the the, the level of uh, of Scottish fighters coming up and through the gyms now. Yeah, when I when I first started MMA, it was probably about eight years ago, and there wasn't a lot of gyms there. There wasn't a lot of guys fighting in the UK and the UFC at that high level. There was a handful of guys who are now legends. Now you're seeing more British fighters coming through. You're seeing more Scottish fighters coming through. Young guys coming in the gym, and it, I don't think it's I don't think it's me personally. I think it's just the sports development. You've got guys like Conor McGregor, who for a long time there was a positive role model, and young guys wanted to be him. Young guys wanted to live that lifestyle, and then you've now got like you've always had Michael Bisping, and now people are talking about him like within the school setting. Because not a lot of people were speaking about it until guys like Conor McGregor opens up the door and then now they start looking at these British fighters who get down to making massive waves in the um, the British scene as well. So it's an exciting time and, and it's still very early days for UK MMA. When you look at the Americans and how many Americans have got coming in and out of the UFC, we need the same for the UK. Uh, absolutely, and it's an exciting time to be a, a Paul Craig fan as well because, uh, as, I'm going to be honest, it's quite hard being a Paul Craig fan. My, my blood pressure flies up and down during the fights, but uh, my little grey patch has grown during, during your fights. But what, what is great to see is that you seem to just be enjoying it and loving it. There's a relaxed demeanour about it. It feels like you're almost, you see some fighters crumble under a little bit of pressure of being in the UFC, but you, you, you seem to have shaken that off and you just seem to be enjoying the journey how long, however long it goes on for, right? Yeah, that's it, that's it. Um, for me, it's not about how much money I can make. It's about how how much I can experience. And for instance, like I would never have been going to Russia at the weekend there with with Mark. I would never be going to Minneapolis. I'd be never fighting uh, Philly. I'd never go to places like Australia. I'm just a normal guy from Scotland where I don't get the opportunities to do this. That's what I'm wanting. I'm wanting to leave the UFC with memories. A lot of people ask me, like, say, what's next after the UFC? I don't think it's ending next after UFC. It's UFC or nothing, I think. 
Wow, that's that's interesting. So that makes this journey even harder to watch now with you and your fights. I'll be biting my fingernails even further down. But look, we've got we, we've helped. obviously I know you got to train tonight as well, so we, we you got to get to get to the gym. But I just want to say first of all, hanging out with you this weekend, just seeing you again because we we met uh, on the uh, the UK scene, and it was I was always grateful for the time you gave me, and you certainly helped me as somebody who was getting into media and now into commentary as uh, as part of the sport. So I thank you for that, and uh, I hope we have a few more outings and a few more trips. Around the world before we're said and done, mate. We will. We're, we're, we're still young. We're still young guys. <laughs> well, one, one of us is young, mate. One of us is young. The other one is fading fast, and it's the one that's in London right now. There you go. Uh, so look, I'll go. On, I'll let you go, mate. But thank you ever so much. Uh, big big love team, to the Scottish Heat squad, and uh, and do, best mate. of luck for your uh, your next fight, mate. Appreciate you coming on, mate. Really. Have, mate. A, have a good one, mate. Hey, take I'll care, boss. So that was Paul Craig. Great to hang out with him a little bit out there in Russia. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah, the story of him going, going out to that place, I didn't think I want to go there. No, no mate, I, I kept it nice and stable. Just took you out for a nice romantic meal. That yeah, was, I, that was I, it. I preferred our Indian. There yeah. you go. So look, uh, speaking of romance, let's uh, let's get one of, one of the people I love in UK MMA, in, in forget UK MMA, in the world of, of MMA. Uh, we're going to talk to the very exciting, the wonderful Mr. Dan Hardy. So here we are. Let's welcome the one, the only, the outlaw, Mr. Dan Hardy to the podcast. Thanks for joining us, mate. How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? We're, we're very well. In fact, as, as an MMA fan, to be now in a, uh, a dream UK MMA threesome with Brad Pickett and Dan Hardy, I feel like a, a very lucky man. And I feel that might have been the creepiest intro to any interview you've ever had. Is that right? <laughs> I was just about to say you're not really my type, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am, Dan. You're, I am your type. Oh, you right? are, mate. Yeah, right. of course. Whoa, yeah. guys, well, listen. The defense that you've got, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you've you've just recorded your podcast. Now I don't know. We've just been doing our, our mic checks. I don't know if you on your podcast you uh, uh, you do what me and Brad do. We've just been singing El, Elton John and Kiki D to each other. Is that is that something familiar with? Is that is that a standard sound check? Yeah, absolutely. We tend to sing something. It's usually Owen. He, he's the one that normally starts singing, um, and then, then we we sing along into the mics as, as the raptors do the checks and stuff. Yeah, we we just finished recording now. Uh, I, I think, I think it's a bit more nonsense than swearing on, on our than yours. <laughs> I don't know, there's, there's a few, the person who produces us has to edit out a lot of nonsense and quite a few swear words as well, mate. So, but look, let's, we need to put this on the table. Let's get the elephant out, in the room, out of the room to start with, because podcast to podcast, we've already been challenged by one podcast to a grappling match. And then the other week, I noticed that uh, our, our sort of hook is Brad's got his dog with him. And then the other week, I see you with, with a dog on your lap as if you, you can just do that. You can just steal our thing. Well, we, we actually raised it. We, we've got two dogs, so we, we actually raised it, and uh, <laughs> uh, we, we thought uh, we, we, we could do this one better than these. Listen, we've got a so grapple. We, we just think- Definitely going to raise popularity of the podcast, haven't I? Having a dog or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we've we've got we've got Bonnie here, which is which is Brad. What, what's the name of your dogs? Uh, we've got Ben, who's Owen's dog, and then my dog is called Ia. Ia, Ben, and Ia. Yeah, they're, they're bestest friends and they're, they're boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh, man. Very, very threatened by her. Oh, my goodness. Well, look, this is this is how we're going to do it. We're going to have a grappling contest with this other podcast, and I think we'll do a dog agility test between Bonnie taking on Ben and Ia. How about that? Uh, Bonnie... Oh, dude, my, my dog's takedown defense is almost as good as Brad's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be honest with you. My, my dog is the most friendliest dog in the world to humans. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But the other dog, she's actually, she's a little bit vicious. She's got temper on her. Oh, wowzers. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll strike that off the thing, mate. Let, let's wave the white flag. Let's all be friends here. And uh, I, I've got to ask, mate, look, have you, I know you took, you're into your, your your spiritual stuff and all that, that thing. I don't know if aliens have come down and cloned you somehow because you've got a podcast. You do the open map for BT Sports straight after the UFC. You do the commentary. Uh, you've got your own gym opening. What, how many Dan Hardys actually exist? Because I'm struggling. Struggling to to find a human being that can match your work rate. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, I sleep for about three hours a night, and I've just got a really good team of people around me that uh, that help help me do a lot of it. Um, but you, you know, you know what it's like. Once you get hooked into this sport, it just kind of sweeps you along. And uh, I, I'm kind of grabbing people along the way and uh, bringing them along. And I've actually just booked Vegas for the four of us. We're heading out for <laughs> International Fight Week. Nice. So going to be awesome. Oh, mate, we might have to jump on that as well. Did you, did you say four of you or did you say six? six. Is there, is there an extra two? <laughs> you just broke up there a little bit, mate. I've, I've, I've already got a seven-seater van. You won't fit in my in my Dodge Challenger, but uh, 
you can certainly jump in the van with the Raptors. Because <laughs> nice, nice. one one person that I know you know out in Vegas is Frank Mir. And when you're talking about cars, you two have got a bit of a car thing going on, haven't you? Yeah, we did. Although I, I, he's got a beautiful Camaro. I think it's a 1968 Camaro. Correct. It's red with white stripes. Yeah. It's an absolute monster. Um, I, I used to have a, well, I had a Chevy Nova first. And then the one that I did a photo shoot with Frank was a 1969 Pontiac. Um, I'll have to throw up a photo on my Instagram in a little while so you can see it. Yeah. But that It was beautiful. Yeah, we took him out to the desert to do a photo shoot for Zion, all suited up like gangsters and uh, <laughs> with, these, with these old American muscle cars. It was very, very cool. No, he spoke to me about that. He said it was it was a, a great day and uh, yeah, speaks very highly of you as well, mate. So uh, so let, let's, talk, let's talk a little bit about exactly what, what, what you do now because you've you've moved your transition from fighting to what, what you do now for me especially somebody who commentates as well I can't speak highly enough for the angles the 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 way you have taken to this because for me your analysis and the way you break down fights before the fight and then while it's happening the live action uh, I mean how's that transition been and what it's, what's it like now sitting on the outside of the cage staring in there when I can see with Brad when he's commentating with me there's still got to be that itch when you're thinking that's where I was and this is where I am. What's what's that whole transition been like? Um, it, it's, it's been kind of unexpected, to be honest. I mean, it was not in my mind when I was fighting that I was going to move into commentary. I figured I would do something, but probably, you know, probably coaching or something like that. Um, <clears throat> but it, I, I don't know what Dana... Dana was the one that came to me and said, hey, I want you to do this. He didn't want me to do any kind of media training or anything. So I just, I just threw myself at it like I would a, a training camp. And uh, I've been studying. I've been studying the, the sport every day, like a student, as opposed to like a fighter. And I just feel like I've learned so much quicker than I, than I was when I was fighting. Because I was I was very selective when I was fighting. Whereas now I watch everything. Um, I mean, I, I pretty much consume everything on Fight Pass that, that they put up. Um, and obviously, and when we're breaking down fights for inside the octagon, it's you know I'm, I'm immersed in a fight for two or three days. So I just, I, it's, it's, a, it's a dream job for me. You know, I can immerse myself in it. I can be a proper MMA nerd and just kind of absorb all of the information. And then you know, now I'm coaching as well. Now I've opened the gym with uh, Jimmy Warled. It, it's, just, uh, it's just allowing me to kind of, kind of put that into a structure and pass it on to some young fighters. Would you say, Dan, that you kind of wish, obviously everyone would say yes, but had that sort of, not only just knowledge you have of the game now, maybe just the way you approach the game if you're still competing with watching tape watching that sort of stuff because i send me do that myself now where a lot of the time in in between my training camps i'll just sit on the and play world of warcraft you know in between my training sessions where if i did like studied more tape and you know if you know what i mean um do that i may have been a i don't know but much better fighter well how do you feel about that yeah i absolutely agree and i think it's just you know what it's like when you're a fighter and you're in training camp, you're solely focused on yourself and you just want to kind of select the things that you want to work on based on who you're fighting next. And you're only watching your favorite fighters because you don't want to be watching any nonsense. I always used to think watching the undercard would make me worse. I know it's kind of silly now, but I always used to feel like I pick up bad habits by watching those guys. But what I've realized is because I watch everything um, and I'm watching it very objectively because I'm never putting myself in the fight anymore. Um, I can watch both both fighters either side equally, and and I can appreciate and critique both of them equally. Uh, and we 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 look at some of your career as well because one of the things that really shot you into, uh, especially the mainstream for for UK MMA fans that maybe were on the fringe and and didn't know you on on the regional and the national European scene that sort of thing was the fight against GSP and the escape from that armbar. Now that is for me, I thought that was the the best escape from an armbar or the the most dexterity I've ever seen. Then one <laughs> of your mates posted something today where you were doing the hitchhiker armbar escape and uh, you go around about three or four times while this bloke's got your arm and somehow you managed to escape so i thought the gsp thing would have been a one-off for you but who were you fighting in that and what 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 just explain that escape because i'll show brad this after we'll put it up after the uh after the podcast but you must have gone around about four or five times on the floor to get out of that that armbar yeah well i mean just first of all let me premise it by saying that that's partly to do with lack of technique and stuff the best armbar defense is not to put your arm in, it, in an armbar in the first place. Um, that was Matt Thorpe. I was fighting him for the Cage Warriors World Weight title. And, and Matt Thorpe was, he was a great striker. He was six foot four. He was really dangerous, rangy fighter. But he, his thing was grappling. He was a submission artist. And I knew going into the fight that he would expect me to kickbox and stuff his takedowns. So they didn't work any, 
defensive wrestling or any grappling, any stuff off his back. They all they worked all offensive wrestling and kickboxing. And I switched it up on them and decided I was going to take him down because I thought, you know, six foot four, it's probably the smart thing to do. And I, I ground and pounded him for like 25 minutes, but there were a couple of times he, he threw up arm bars and caught me. And I just, I just have a habit of letting them extend the arm all the way out before I start trying to escape it. Um, the, the hitchhiker uh, escape is exactly why, exactly why it's called a hitchhiker because when you're putting your thumb up, you try to thumb a ride. Like you, you're like thumb a ride and then you roll out of it. But Matt being so good, every time I was rolling out of it, was grabbing me and putting me back into it. So that was a, it was a bit more of a process. I think with GSP, I, I just saw him by surprise because I thought, I think he expected to catch me in the first round with a submission like most, most other people did. And I think with that little scramble, I, I don't think he was anticipating me moving quite as quickly. Well, you could see after the fight because he went straight back to the locker room and he was with John Danaher trying to figure out how the hell you got out of there, wasn't he? Was like, <laughs> that was one of my favourite videos. But do you tell us what, what was what was the what was the favourite moment of your career, and what if you could step back in there, or if you ever do step back in there, what what would be the uh, the fight or the uh, the terms you'd like to do that on? Um. As far as highlights, I mean, it's difficult to, to pick because there have been so many so many good ones. I mean, you know, winning a fight in my hometown, Nottingham, was amazing. I never thought I'd get to fight in, in the UFC, and Brad was on that card with a fantastic performance as well. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was just it was a, just a great night. Um, probably my knockout in Vegas against Ludwig, although that was bittersweet because, you know, I, I, I loved Dwayne, and he was always a, a hero of mine growing up watching his fights. Um, but that, you know, that saved me. That saved my career, basically. That was a a four-fight losing streak that came to an end with a first-round knockout, which is, you know, you can't ask for better than that. You know, I could go on. There are so many. Um, as far as as far as far fighting, again, the one thing I'd... Well, I, I would love to fight in New York. I'd never fought in New York before. Madison Square Garden would be amazing. Yeah, wow. Um, my, my big second choice would be to to fight in the Saitama Super Arena in Japan. Um, I love Japan. I love Japanese MMA. I, you know, I was a big Pride fan as well. Um, and I always dreamed of fighting in Pride as well as the UFC, but obviously never got the opportunity. Um, so to you know to fight in, in the Saitama Super Arena would be very cool. And as far as opponent goes, that just you know someone tough and scrappy that's, that's going to come and come and bring it. Um, I, I don't know who, but a veteran, someone that's not involved in the rankings. I can't be dealing with the. <laughs> I can't be dealing with with having more conversations about fighting. <laughs> fight to be one more time. Uh, so where would you say uh, fighting on uh, Portsmouth Pier against Paul Jenkins <laughs> is in a... Main event? Oh, on, oh, yeah, main event on the pier. I got 150 for that. <laughs> I fought on that card. I fought on that same card. That was my first ever MMA fight, and I didn't get paid. I just got a free table to give to my friends and family. Oh, my goodness. And it was a yeah. smoke-filled room where you fought, we fought in a ring, and you know when you walk into you walk is where obviously you can smoke where, wherever you want then, uh, and it was just like the the ring all you could see was smoke. No, you're like, and like yeah, it was oh how pretty, horrible, pretty, man. And yeah, um, and uh, yeah, I remember I remember that was the first time I, I saw Dan Hardy and uh, yeah, he fought Paul Jenkins and he, Paul Jenkins was one of those guys. He was a veteran, early day veteran. He, um, he had, I think he's had over 100 fights. He, he, he fought wow. nearly every weekend. You know, he was a tough competitor. And uh, you won. I'm trying to remember how you won. Did you knock him out or was it? No, I didn't. It was a split decision. Um, it was, I remember walking, because that was my second pro fight. I'd lost Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the records now. And he was, yeah. it was Dan Hardy's second pro fight. And at that time, Paul Jenkins, how many fights did you reckon he had, uh, Brian? 10. 40. It was 25, <laughs> 16, and 3. <laughs> so and, uh, 44 fight, 45 fights. 2000, wow. 2004, and he's already had like that many fights. He was crazy. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The Wild West days, mate. The Wild West days. Uh, what what are the moments do you look back on it in those early days when it when it is sports all filled with people smoking cigarettes and you riding out there with 150 notes in your back pocket? What other, what other memories really stick out from, from those early days, the, the real Wild West mo- moments in the UK MMA? You know, the, the the traveling with traveling with Paul Daly to train was always an experience. I remember we spent a couple of well, we spent a month out at American Top Team, um, <laughs> and we were we were sharing a, a one bedroom studio flat with one bed, and we we took it in turns. One one time we'd have the bed, and the next time we'd have the two armchairs pushed together, <laughs> and we we alternated, and we had to catch two buses to get there. It took us nearly two hours to get to the gym. It was just yeah, I mean th- those times it was just a grind. You know, everything yeah. was a grind. Yeah. Well, I was staying in, in Econo Lodge or Extended Stay America, living on apples and tins of tuna and peanut butter. 
it wasn't it, it wasn't like a legitimate career path, was it? It was just like nah. you just did it because it's cool. I mean, it was like really it's fun. <laughs> it's like something cool to tell your mates. What do you do? Oh, I fight. You know, it, it wasn't like like a career path like it is now for a young athlete. You know, to go and do great things. You know, it was, yeah, it, it was just a bit of fun back in those days. It was, it was, but we were chasing it hard, Brad. And I yeah. know you were the same. You know, we yeah. we we were riding it till the wheels fell off. And yeah, that's why we uh, went out to America because we all knew we needed to get our wrestling up. You know, being back in England, it, it was non-existent in those days. Yeah, and I'm glad you managed to do it. <laughs> okay. I, I I gave up and thought I just learned rubber guard instead. That'll work. <laughs> Just get a bit bendy, and that should deal with a lot, yeah. Um, but speaking of you, you talking about Brad there, one of the um, uh, UFC Europe they they posted up the and and obviously this this was amazing to see you you put as the best moment in UK MMA, Brad's retirement in in front of his home fans, putting a hat down in the ring. That's that's a lot of credit to the man set up, is it me, isn't it? Yeah, it is absolutely. I, I, he's one of the one of the pioneers of the sport for this country. I think he's inspired so many fighters over the years. You know, and the thing that always, uh, and I know it's a bit uncomfortable, Brad, you sitting there listening to this. Yeah, it is. Sorry. You know, but what, one of the things that always stands out to Brad, and I can't say this about any other fighter, any other fighter, everyone loves Brad. Every single person. There's not, not a person, even opponents, opponents, families, everyone loves Brad. And, and if you can be a cage fighter and be that popular with everybody, I mean, you're doing something right. Most of us are polarizing or we don't say anything at all, but you've always been a real character and you've just conducted yourself so well you know, and you you know you you carry your heart on your sleeves so you take everybody along with that emotional journey you know and it, it was a beautiful thing to watch and I, did, I felt privileged to certainly be there when you when you when you decided to you know to, to hang the hat up as it were um but you know honestly that means a lot to me yeah dan i appreciate it i really do you know and uh yeah, no, I'll give you that ten later, right? <laughs> ten? <laughs> 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 yeah, no, honestly, seriously, Dan, man, I'm I'm honoured to hear that from you because, like, I I looked up to you as well, even even in in the fight game, and also like say past fighting, seeing what you're doing now is very inspiring to people who, who like. I mean, it's great. It's good to see people. Do something after, like they're fighting, uh, yeah, and yeah, make a path make, afterwards. Yeah, yeah exactly, make make yeah, make a, yeah. a space for themselves, and that's that's exactly what you've done. You've done. You, I mean, honestly, mate, just to watch you go from the and I, I loved watching you fight, Dan, and uh, uh, one of my favourite fighters of all time, and and the way you used to the mohawk going, the smile while Bruce Buffer was got, calling he got, your name. He got the game. Is oh, it? Like, he, he understood himself very well. You, I mean, that's why I say, say there's so many talented fighters out there, but. You can't. You got to be a showman, and that's what Dan Hardy just didn't wasn't involved in good fights. He brought the crowd with him. Yeah, like the crowd was wanting to watch him fight. You know, so yeah, you know, bit of a trailblazer, mate. Thanks, man. Uh, when was the last time you sported the mohawk? As well, let's, 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 say that. Come on, <laughs> what? Come on, when, you know what? I grew it back a couple of years ago for uh, a UFC fight week. But it's just, it's just so, it's so much effort. To Did you dye it as well, though? Was it dyed red? I, I didn't. No, I didn't. Yeah, okay. I didn't. I don't want to draw too much attention. <laughs> um, and let's talk about one last thing before we let you go. And thank you ever so much for the time, mate. Real, real pleasure talking to you. Uh, one of the things you're doing with BT Sport now, which I'm really enjoying, is this open match series where straight after the event, and I can't imagine what the schedule's like for that, um, is you and uh, your co-host and yeah, a fighter come in and you break down uh, the fights, as you did from UFC London and, and a couple of the other cards as well. Uh, just tell people what that, that's about and when they can catch it. Yeah, so at the moment we're doing every uh, every big UFC card, uh, the European one. So we'll, we'll be doing one for the next uh, the next UFC uh, pay per view. Basically, we just we, we want it, we get on the mat as soon as the fights are done, and we start talking about the fights. I, I mean that's because the thing is, I stay up to watch the fights all night anyway. So I, I'm awake all the way through the fight card, and as soon as the as soon as the fights are done, I'm I'm online. I'm watching the press conference. I'm you know I'm buzzing. I'm excited. My adrenaline's still carrying me. And I, I'm, I've been bugging everybody for years. I'm like, well, we need to do something Sunday morning as soon as it, you know, as soon as it's finished. And I, I'm like, just bring cameras to the open mat at the gym. <laughs> and that's literally where the name came from. I'm like, look, come to come to the gym. Open mat will just be finishing. We'll be talking about the fights. We'll watch them on the on the TV in the gym. And that's kind of where the idea came from. Um, the, the plan is to, you know, obviously, you know, BTA are going to be pushing out all the major events, but we want to be replicating it every every weekend and, and putting it out on our a full reptile radio YouTube, um, you know, because I think it needs to be a weekly show. 
uh, you know, even when I'm on the road, uh, I think we need to get you guys up and we need to get Adam and Nick to come down, Adam Catchell, Nick Pete, and we need to get some fighters in there and just, you know what it's like, the couple of days after a fight card, as soon as you step in the gym, there's just so much excitement and buzz about it. Especially when something, when something like a new technique's come out, like a showtime kick or something like that, you know, everyone's buzzing about it, you know. That's it. And, and, you know, we get on the mat on Sunday morning, we talk about the fights, we have a roll, we move around, we try things out, and I kind of want to capture some of that. But at the same time, with us having such a, a fancy TV that, that BT Sport are bringing over to us, we, we can draw it out and animate it. And I, I, I love it. I think, it's a, I think it's a great concept. And I think that when... Uh, you know, when we start rolling full-time, I think, I think it's going to really gather some momentum. Also, one other thing before you go, obviously, you know, like you say, you're doing all this and, and now you're taking this into coaching. You and Jimmy Warhead are, I think, some fantastic guys around, a very good coach. Uh, so you're coaching now, Jim. Can you, do you want to, can you tell people where this gym is and where you're coaching? Yeah, we're just off, uh, ju- just off Junction 22 of the M1. Uh, Hardy Wallet MMA, we're above Premier Gym. Um, and yeah, we, we've opened a few weeks ago now. Um, we're, we're rolling, ro- rolling full time, uh, all focused on Jimmy Waller this weekend. And we've got a, a Craig Turner on the card as well. We've always wanted a gym, you know. Roughhouse, uh, Roughhouse was never a gym; it was always a team. Yeah. And we just travelled around and trained wherever we went, wherever, whatever gym we were at was Roughhouse. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Now, now, we're, now we've got a home gym. We've got a mat. We've got a cage. It's, it's perfect for us. We can, uh, you know, we, we can start building a team of monsters. Awesome, mate. Listen, thank you ever so much. Good luck with everything you're doing, and and, uh, and we'll speak to you again soon, mate. All right. Appreciate it, Dan. Cheers, mate. Cheers. So that was Dan. What a legend, mate. What a legend. God's recognised God's, eh? Yes, exactly. exactly. Real recognises yeah. real. real recognizes you love real. that, don't you? Yeah, you yeah. want it? I'm, we need to have uh, like um, I think every week we need to have Dan Hardy come on, and we had to get Masvidal coming on. Uh, anyone else out there wants to say good things about? Him, let's bring them on. Okay, so just get rid of me, mate. Is that what you're saying? So basically, you're, you're, yeah. you're each of these phone calls, you're just auditioning a new co-host, yes, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. This that hurts, deep, mate. Next time I will leave you in Russia. <laughs> that is that is oh, going to happen. There you go. So look, I'm going to have a, a quick look at uh, the card coming up this week. Weekend, UFC Fight Night 151 in Canada. I'm just going to talk about the main event. Ally Quinter taking on Cowboy Cerrone. Exciting fight, but we've, I feel like we've been robbed of that Conor McGregor fight. Cowboy and Conor, that's the fight with all the history between them. And no disrespect to Ally and Quinter. There's not much history between them. Oh, they're back and forth. They're all the press <laughs> conferences in the early days. Cowboy was chasing <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then finally, for it to be in almost a respectful way, to like they sort of Conor McGregor sent uh, the message. He owes saying, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, but Ally Quinter is a tough test, a real tough test for Cowboy Cerrone, who is, is said he is on the charge for this 155 title now. Now he's back at lightweight. Um, great. But, but, it, but that's what I mean. When I first saw this fight announced, I was like, oh, is uh, Ally. Quinter going up or is uh, Serrano going back down? Seeing Serrano get back down, it'd be interesting to see because, like, once you look at someone like uh, Dustin Poirier, we spoke to him uh, last week, saying when he moved up the weight class, it took him a little bit to adjust. He's got a bit bigger, and he's putting on weight, and his, then there's also putting on good weight, putting on muscle. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see because that's a big jump, fifteen pounds. You know, it's, it's not like a a ten pound jump like Dustin did from. Uh, 145 to 155 sure. it's a 15 pound jump yeah so it, it'd be and I don't know how long ago he made 55 and he's been fine at 170 he's fought once at 55 since then so is, this isn't his first fight back okay yeah Okay, so the, I mean, so like it's just one of those ones that, that adjustment to see, just, yeah, for how your yeah, body, especially yeah. as you're getting older, going backwards and, is, is difficult. And for yeah. me, is is a beast. A beast, mate, so well rounded. Always... That Habib fight yeah. on short notice, he gave Habib more trouble in some respects than. Question: well, well, I always like to say short notice, but wasn't he already on the card? Wasn't I he fighting someone? I think that's I mean, That's why when people say Sean Lewis, he, I believe he was supposed to be fighting someone else, and they, ah, bumped, if they that's bumped the case. Him up. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it wasn't yeah. like three Sean rounds Lewis. compared to five rounds. You yes, still got to take that into account. Yeah. So look, that's that's coming up this weekend uh, on BT Sport. You can check that out. Saturday night from 11 p.m. BT Sport One live UFC Ottawa prelims, and then Saturday night 1 a.m. BT Sport One, uh, the main card including the main event versus Al Iaquinta versus Cowboy Cerrone. So let's have a little look at some of the questions. We'll blast a couple of these. Uh, uh, so one to do with Corey Sandhagen, how would he match against a, a Dominic Cruz or a Cody Garbrandt? And you got to say, with with all that he showed us in just one fight, for me, uh, I, well, think, I think he'll match up pretty well. Him versus well, this this is interesting because him versus uh, um, Dominic Cruz, 
that would be interesting because they're both very similar styles. Him versus Cody, we've seen that fight. Cody wins. You know, Cody done really well against Dominic Cruz. Oh, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, so, like, yeah. we've seen that fight already play out. Uh, that would be an interesting one to maybe put on the books. Cody versus... Uh, uh, Sandhagen, yeah. Sandhagen, yeah. That would be an interesting fight. That is from Max Messenger on uh, on Twitter. Also, Sirs smoke a lot on Twitter. Who do you see the prospect fighting next? I know he wants to be part of this just announced uh, September 7th Abu Dhabi fight card UFC 242. For me, I really wanted to actually see him, uh, Vera versus uh, him versus Cheetah Vera or Sean O'Malley. But now those two are fighting each other. So now I'm not too sure who I, I think will be a good fight, you know. I don't know if it makes sense in um in, in Dubai, I guess, but in the European sideways, you know, him and Bajon's they're both like highly ranked Europeans. That could be one. Peter Yan maybe another European. Wow, uh, that know. would be a fight. But uh, yeah, well, not not too, yeah, I'm not hundred percent sure now. But I really want, I really like to fight him versus Cheetah Vera and uh, O'Malley. But now they're fighting each other. So uh, that was from, like I said, Sir Smoke a lot on Twitter. Rico Riley, hello, mate. He's supported us for, yes. for many years. Uh, Ledge. Big shout out to him. Ledge, uh, this is to you, mate. What do you think of the new um, Coca-Cola-based maximum drink uh, that is raspberry flavour? Can we have an expert review? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'll be honest. I love Cherry Max. Cherry Pepsi Max is my thing. Uh, when they bought the ginger one out, that was... Are the Coca-Cola-based products yeah, are available? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, 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 the ginger flavour they did was just, what are you thinking? But then I'm like, oh, you know, this raspberry one, this could be not bad. Didn't like it, man. No, I didn't it's go weird. for it. It's weird. It's just, no, didn't, just nah. didn't fit. Pepsi Max is still bad for me. Other brands are available. Are available. There you go. That's it. And this is from Grins Jumbo on Instagram. Hello, I am a one punch fan from wales my name is lyron bracy which is very similar to mine so <laughs> oh, we've um, got a snake we've got a snake here mate what's the question who is your best friend ah okay <laughs> uh, let me uh <clears throat> uh oh no i'm an owl or, or is it robert valeri is that right ro- no oh, i'm gonna go with my son buddy yeah mate that's the best mate you could ever have um speaking of uh of, of best mates uh, your pal robert whiteford got in touch ah, uh, and nice. he said uh this is one i just want to see what happened last time i was jet lagged and you asked me to spar at american top team oh mate oh this is brilliant yeah <laughs> <laughs> He wasn't jet lagged. He'd been there for three weeks. So anyway, we, we me and him, we, we, we had a, a sparring session. I dragged him in. This one I was fighting Yuri Alcantara. Yeah. So I needed a sapple. So I dragged him in. He, he was like half asleep anyway, you know, because he was jet lagged. And we just started. And then I just threw like a bomb. And it clipped inside. And I, I always hit when I hit me. He stood up really tall. <laughs> And he just shook it like he made like the most weirdest kind of face and noise. And I'm like, "Are you alright, mate?" And he's like, "Yeah, one minute." You know, like he went on, he went on like we say like wobbly legs and stuff. It, it was pretty funny. Yeah, it was. Yeah, listen, Whitefoot is, listen. is an amazing guy. We've had so much fun. Listen, <laughs> Whitefoot, I'm going to be spending some time after Brad gets off a plane with him. So I'll get there a couple of days early. I'll ask him to spar. It's going to be the worst mistake ever. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> where's this going? <laughs> I was going to try and get revenge for our Scottish pal, but that's not going to happen, is it? Um, so, look, those are the questions. That's that's all done and dusted. That is the show for today, mate. And, look, we're going to leave it on a bit of a cliffhanger. So this is show eight of our pilot series of eight. And just to let you know, what we need you guys to do is to still keep getting involved in Last that. Chance Saloon. Last Chance Saloon, because we are... Uh, this, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Are we you are, enjoying it, Brian? We are, we are and, so, and so are BT. But we need to... Uh, they've got us iron out a couple of... Um, what would we call them? Contractual issues? Things yeah. like that? We we'll just need... You're it, right. It, that is ridiculous. So we're going to have to take uh, a helicopter and yeah. uh, and all those blue MMM MMM MMMs. Mm. Uh, other chocolates are available. Uh, offer yours. Uh, I thought it was W's. I thought it was WWs. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's just ruined it they're definitely going to cut it now oh, mate. that's mate. it so look we are um, fingers crossed going to be back next week uh, yes. we're going to keep you posted on social media and we will do that so you need to follow us and Mark- please yet again like we, I know don't want to keep preaching but if you can share this put this out there the more yeah. viewers and the more listeners we get, the more hope we, we have. We've already to stay. got over 100 five star reviews on iTunes, which is unreal. That is, we cannot let's thank get more. If no, anyone 100, else. let's get 200. 200. We let's... Have more, I know we have more than 200 <laughs> listeners out there. <laughs> 
So we only have, for me, we have more than 200 listeners to only have 100 reviews. I'm disappointed. Oh, mate, don't do I, that. You're negative. You've got in the positive. <laughs> this, sorry, this is all oh, psychology. We yeah. had this talk it's, before the show. This is reverse psychology. Oh, I'm reverse like, psychology. Yeah, 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 I like yeah, it. Yeah. Well, look. So, please, please, just go on there. Just give us a nice Listen, we've got it. And also get your grand. Get your, go and your ask grand, your grand. Your next door yeah, neighbours. Yeah, your your bus driver. Well. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Uh, your so cat, your dog. Keep on chat with us. At one underscore punch on Instagram and Twitter. Me is at Brian with a Y. Lacey MMA on Instagram and Twitter. And at BT sport ufc as well uh, bug the hell out of them and uh, and hopefully we will be back with you very shortly ladies and gentlemen but thank you so much for listening um got any last words mate not last words no that's be... yeah no yeah. let's not do that see you next week guys i tell you what what I, I've sung most of the times. So why don't you give me a song? It's not. It's a two-way relationship. No, no, listen, can't just be no, one way. No, look. If we're if we're talking right. about if we're in this together, yeah, right. I want to feel it back. I want to feel the passion. Right. Back. Okay. Well, listen. You've got. You, there's no romance with you. That's the sad thing. This is why I need this sort of reassurance. Okay. What do you mean? Because if let's face it, if, I've if, you many if we a were song. a couple, yeah. Say who who would you think more like be the more masculine one? Well, I don't know. Think I know that it would be me. Exactly. So you got to make an effort to woo me. All I right. Know this is, Listen, no, you don't, you don't, does your wife is, does your is, wife sing you songs? Write you poems. This is like this is nearly twenty twenty now. We're, we're, we're all equals here. It needs to be both ways. So shall we do the Elton John and Kiki D? Don't go breaking my heart. <laughs> what, what do you have got? Yeah, go on. Then. <laughs> don't be breaking my heart. <laughs> And that's I couldn't I if I tried. Ah, you got a little bit of a tone to you. You're not my type. You're not, you're not, you just said I'm not your type. Uh, I, I, that, that's not. Is that, I've got the, got the words. You, Forget you, it. We've got to record. We've got to record. <laughs> Some people take the straight path in life. But at Arizona State University, we respect your twists and turns. They make our online students more driven to excel in their professional lives. That's why our personalized suite of services empowers you with innovative resources and staff that sticks with you. Make your next turn with one of our 300-plus programs at ASU, ranked in the top five for best online bachelor's programs. To learn more, visit asuonline.asu.edu. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.